0: and welcome to this week's edition of the mountain gardener your host ken lane talking every week about the landscapes of northern arizona been doing this for a lot of decades just learned a few things i think if you teach people how to garden you just naturally get better yourself i think if you teach i've taught garden classes at the college i've taught uh, each week we teach garden classes here at the garden center every saturday at 9:30 and so if you just teach more, it's just, it's, it's top of mind all the time. Going, oh, I keep a list on my phone, just going, okay, oh, that's good. I was doing this in my yard. I should share that with folks. Why was I doing that? You're explaining in your head while you're gardening. I don't know if I need therapy for that or I just enjoy gardening so much. I like to share it, but hopefully you'll learn a few things throughout the show. And I'm trying to break up the segments now so that it's an hour program. Trying to break the segments up so each one's got a theme, a a topic, something that will help. Some nugget you can take out of it and use at your in your gardens that week. So right now we are seeing hummingbirds are back. I'm out reading the paper in the morning. Hummingbirds are thick, and and I'm trying to think what plants grow or attract or bring in more hummingbirds. Yeah, you can put a feeder up, and that's 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 good. But really, hummingbirds, these magical fairy-like creatures that buzz around the yard, they really need plants. The reason they need plants is the nectar is more nutritious for them, and their protein source comes from insects like aphids and thrip and ciliads. And so they're not just doing nectar, they're not just you know, heroin-induced, uh, active, crazy birds out there. They actually need some protein to kind of steak and potato stuff, and they're helping keep your aphids down. They're helping keep the 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 uh, thrip out of your flowers. So they do you a real benefit, and so, and they need that. It keeps them healthier, keeps them stronger, keeps their muscles going so they can make that long uh, – they travel north, south, east, west. They actually migrate – uh, throughout the year. And so they are now here for the season. They'll be here through October. And then they kind of start flying south again and look for warmer climate. So what are some plants? I'm thinking vines. They, Some of your vines are the easiest, fastest growing, hummingbird attracting kind of, of plants. And, and the number one that they love, they just absolutely love. And the reason they love it is because it's in bloom while they're migrating back and forth is honeysuckle honey. So the traditional Hall's honeysuckle, this is Japanese honeysuckle. The one that you, as a kid used to pull out the stamens and suck on the nectar and it tasted so sweet. It tastes good to to you and I, it really tastes good. To hummingbirds, they just they cannot resist it. It's semi-evergreen, so it grows very fast. So one plant will cover about an eight by eight panel or an eight by eight. Let's say a surface you want to. It's a great uh, erosion control for holding in soils because it spreads, runs roots, spreads, runs roots as it holds in a a bank. But it's it's semi-evergreen. Animals don't eat it, so javelina, deer, rabbits, or if they do. The plant grows so fast, it doesn't matter. It recovers very quickly. But a great plant takes our extreme, our winds, takes our, our bright days, takes our cold winters. Honeysuckle, all varieties attract hummingbirds and are very tough here. We've got probably six varieties that we sell. So reds and pinks and lemonade colors and the traditional you know, yellow one, they all grow well. And so the the myth is that hummingbirds are attracted to red flowers, only red flowers. You got to have red or they just, that's not true. They're attracted to deep-throated kind of flowers and and things that taste good. And so they're after flavors. Yes, color can attract to them, but they'll go after a red honeysuckle, just like they will a yellow one, just like they will a pink one. They like them all. The number one, probably most famous I can't say that. Number one popular is a trumpet vine. Trumpet vine looks like honeysuckle on steroids. It grows really big, really fast. I mean, it's like, it can be too aggressive, but it has these great big, like three inch long, deep throated red flowers. Comes in red and yellow, two colors. We've got them both at the garden center. There's kind of a summer bloomer. So they're a main staple For hummingbirds, as they're buzzing around, that's the one that they just really are attracted to. Because you've got the most hummingbirds here in the summer months. And this is when this plant blooms. And so it kind of gets, I think it's most popular or thought of or mentioned just because there's more birds around. So you see more hummingbirds on it. But really, it's just a good, strong, drought-hardy animals. Again, deer are going to leave this plant alone. Fast-growing that is it's going to cover you can grow this thing up and over a pergola and just have hummingbirds buzzing around you all the time could be a nuisance actually so but they love trumpet vine so trumpet deep-throated types of of flowers one that i really like not so much a hummingbird plant but one that i have grown over the last 3 or 4 houses that i've 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 owned here in the central highland area is akebia or five, what's the other name of that thing? Let me think here. Akibia, Akebia, A-K-E-B-I-A, Akebia. Uh, it's got a, uh, oh, chocolate vine. That's the other name. So it's got a flower in spring that smells like chocolate. You can't really see it per se. Yeah, little kind of white ball-shaped or, or chocolate-colored flowers. Uh, but really, the fragrance you smell. But the reason I like Akebia is it grows fast. If you want a privacy screen. So if you want to encourage this vine to grow like now to the top of this six foot fence, plus an extra two feet, Akebia is your plant and it's evergreen. I've grown it in the shade. I've grown it in the sun. I've grown it any, it just grows. It just grows. It loves to grow. So right now I have a a big uh, uh, type of, of six foot retaining wall. It's Ugly. Oh my gosh. It's just sterile. I've got gardens on top, gardens on below. I'm going, what can I do to soften up this big sterile wall? I put a trellis up, planted a kibi, a kibi at the back side. It just grew right up it. And it is magnificent. You can't see the wall. It just looks like this lush green secret garden. It's beautiful. And then I put a piece of, of furniture up on top of the wall on top of the patio, basically. And now it's grown up over that iron furniture. And now it's taken on the shape. of, have used it as a trellis almost. So it's really a piece of art. I mean, it's really striking. You come on the back patio, you go, whoa, that's that's pretty cool. What is that? It's a kebia. And so the native one that grows wild, if you just want, I want native plants, nothing. but If it doesn't grow up in the Bradshaws, I don't want it. That's Virginia creeper. That one does grow absolutely wild. That's Virginia creeper has five petals. It's cousins called Boston ivy. They're virtually the same, same from the same uh, species. One's got three leaves. One's got five. Basically, they're both self-clinging types of vines. They're famous, both of those, Boston ivy and Virginia creeper. They're going to adapt and think that they are wild plants. They're going to be very happy here. Animals don't bother them. Havelina, deer, rabbits, pack rats. They leave this thing alone. Uh, But it's most famous in the fall of the year for its bright, bright fire engine red color. That's very it's, it's the brightest of all the autumn colors as far as vines go. It's magnificent. And so if you want something you can you can grow out there and then just let it go by itself, easy easy care Virginia creeper is your plant. You'll see some magnificent commercial settings. So I was up at uh, um what is it? The Prescott Resort. As you go in their main door right there, not the casino down, but up up on the hill, Prescott Resort in the hotel. They've got Boston ivy growing up this f- like four stories, huge facial front but again the wall was too big too sterile they put boston ivy whoever designed that magnificent job they've got some aspens in front of it that are just beautiful and so here's the insider tip with all vines if you're going to up, up a fence if you want to need to trim them back trim them back in the month of march you let them let them just do their thing Then you're going to trim them back as close as you can to that fence, as close as you can to the, well, as close as you can. So within six inches of that chain link fence, fertilize it with the all purpose plant food. And it's going to wake up and just take off with new growth right after that. So the reason I say March is if you do it earlier, you could do it earlier. It's fine, but it'll have this cut back look. If you do it right before they flush out new growth, the end of March and April, it'll look bad for a shorter amount of time and be happy and healthy. So again, we've got a lot in store for you. Be right back after this.